0: The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagon or Success Publishing International.
1: More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day,
0: stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bars. It's the way you think, not what you've got. Yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money, Money man! Right! Nice. I'm on the ball. That's classic. Yeah, we
1: should, I'm like, we're gonna keep this.
2: <gasps> yeah, well, I almost choked because like, I swallowed, and then you know how it feels like it's going down the wrong pipe, so I couldn't talk. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash free book, and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. At least I did that part from memory. That was great. <clears throat> Sorry for... Almost killing myself here at the beginning. I don't know. Would that be drowning? Now here's (laughs) you know crickets. (laughs) More crickets. (laughs) <laughs> A passing car in the night. I'm Heather Wagonhals. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm flanked by our producer extraordinaire, Michael Terry. Hey,
0: folks. How you doing?
2: And we will help you get your money mind right on today's show, along with these great features. So this week's key is take emotion out of the picture. So we're going to learn how to separate ourselves and how we can be passionate about earning money and building wealth and be prodigious when it comes to spending it. Our moolah word of the day, yeah, it has to totally relate to our minutes on your money. That would be compulsive buying disorder, perhaps. So we got like acronyms and dog shaking and all kinds of stuff here. Uh, So moneyism, we got a really great one. It's from a poem, from an old guy, like a dead guy. Anyway, it's, uh, it's interesting because he's talking about justifying poverty. So we're going to rip it to shreds on today's show and why that mindset is not a money mindset. Not a good
0: mindset.
2: No. And so that's what's going to also lead into our money drama after we talk about justifying poverty. And we're going to talk about peer group choices and poverty and how those are linked So, we want to pay attention to the back half of the show. Not that the first half isn't going to be fabulous, but the back half is going to be interesting. So, for Minutes on Your Money, uh, you should probably find out how many of these five types of spending disorders you have. We're going to talk about the different types of spending addiction uh, on Minutes on Your Money. Our trivia question, as always, is based on a previous show, and our past show was knowledge is power, not... Knowing, or I'm sorry, yeah, knowledge is power. Not knowing is powerful. And we're, uh, if you tuned in last week, you'll know exactly what I meant by that and why the absence of knowledge can sometimes be greater. And so that's what our trivia question has to do with. Plus, today's guest. Have you ever wondered about government auctions? Because I have. You know, I've been to just a couple of police auctions, but there are other type of auctions, and you know, you always hear about people buying like Ferraris for 10 bucks and stuff from these drug seizures and everything. You're like, how do I do that? Well, Ian Aronovich is going to be on the show today and he's going to teach us how. I'm so excited. As always, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and happiness. Now, Insiders Club members are entered automatically in weekly giveaways. And if you are not a member and would like to compete for great money management tools, just answer today's trivia question correctly. And this week's trivia question is... In last week's show, we talked about the five areas of concern. And all you have to do is name two of the five areas of concern. If you don't know what the answer is, you can hurry up and download last week's show and take a listen. By the way, I've added new players to the show. And I've also, uh, so there are multiple ways now that you can get. Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and our app is almost done, too, which I'm excited about that. So we just have a couple of tweaks that kept hiccuping during the testing. So the app is almost here, and then you won't even need your other stuff. But you can download the show and listen to try to answer today's trivia question because you could answer live, but you don't have to. If you are listening live and would like to hop in the chat room at at the website and try your hand, you can pop in because I am here. Hi, I'm here. Come visit. If you are driving around, you can give us a call at 1-866-966-9420 or if you are listening from a podcast and not listening live or unable to call at this time, you can send us an email with your potential right answer to trivia at UYWradio.com. That's trivia at UYWradio.com. Good luck. To you who are playing the game, but if you are not in the competition, that's okay because if you have no idea what the answer is, everyone can still walk away a winner. For you, those in the Unlock Your Wealth Radio Nation, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You know what? I'm almost at 300 bucks now. Wow. I'm almost at 300 bucks. I'm cruising. What is that, per month? No, like in my library. Oh, okay. God, three hundred books a month. When would I have time to do the show? <laughs> <laughs> when would I have time to sleep? I wouldn't even have time to go go uh, visit the facilities. I do this
0: all the time. I just kind of say something without thinking it through. <laughs> three hundred a month. Let's see, that's one every five minutes. That's ten books a day. <laughs> like I'm
2: good, but even on triple speed, I can't do ten books in one day. Holy smokes! <laughs> I still got to eat. Yeah. Oh, and I got my first job, which is being the wife of Fred. So, you know, yeah. that takes up a lot of time. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. You know, short books I can do in a day, but that's, that's pushing brochures. it. Brochures. we
0: could do 300 brochures in a, in a month,
2: maybe. 300 brochures, yeah.
0: Pamphlets.
2: <laughs> yeah, I could do a stack of those. <laughs> <clears throat> so, anyway, moving right along. Uh so today's minutes on your money. Okay. So I'm totally By the way, Carrie did a really good job on this. I think okay. it's it's pretty hysterical. So five types of spending addicts. Could you be one of them? Is your spending starting to become a problem when it keeps going on? And on and on and gets more expensive. Compulsive shopping can range from an occasional budget-busting diversion to a drop-dead serious addiction, Laura Coffey told Today Money. At its most extreme levels, a compulsive buying problem can lead people to hide or lie about their purchases, max out numerous credit cards, live on the edge financially, and stockpile items that never get used and often still have the price tags attached. Oh, they're talking about my mother. That's my mom. Uh, if you are or someone you know exhibits these traits it could be the warning signs of compulsive buying disorder like a gambling addiction it can send the sufferer into a decline of mounting debt take a look at the five take a look at five of the more common compulsive buying disorders with some of these tips to catch the behaviors and minimize them before they become an issue so first and this is how I found myself a couple weeks ago at barrett-jackson auto auction the thrill seeker
0: yeah i saw that facebook picture
2: <laughs> that was me you know ed china is a really cool guy by the way from wheeler dealer and you know how he looks tall on tv like he's so way tall i would guess he's like six seven mm-hmm. easy
0: that's the guy that was in the picture
2: yeah ed china and that was like me standing up and and him standing up and i had to take the selfie like so at an awkward angle to get us both in there <laughs> I had to like look down at the phone to get us both in there, but what a super nice guy. He had a great wife too. Uh, So anyway, but, and and we were, it was funny because we were arguing, there was this killer, like 1937 Rolls Royce and like, there was no way to really price it up, but it was like 10. It kind of reminded me of the flying machine from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Do you remember that? They also had actually another car that was the the Model A that uh, Truly Scrumptious was driving. Remember when she crashed oh, into the lake? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they had that car there too. But so it totally was undervalued. I thought, oh my gosh, like I didn't even bother bidding on it because I'm like, it's going to be half a million or more, right? Yeah. It's like totally yeah. not in my pocketbook. But I was getting excited about the lower bidding part, right? But it only sold for like one hundred fifteen thousand, wow. and for, for a Rolls Royce from thirty seven, like you would expect it, it would have gotten like big numbers. I
0: could have afforded that. Well,
2: yeah, just trade in the <laughs> trade in your house, and you can live in the car like a vagabond. I'll let you park at my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> only one hundred fifteen thousand. You're not a car collector. You're
2: not a car collector. It's okay, but you know that bidding. Is quite a thrill, and um, you know. But see, I care about what I buy, but so so I'm not quite number one. But the thrill seeker uh, doesn't care so much about what they're buying. It, but it's the act of buying that gets them going. Their validation comes from an attraction to big price tags and the enjoyment of feeling thrilled from plonking down large sums of money on items, regardless of what's being purchased. Okay, so that. Like is not me because I actually care about it. But, you know, I save money and set aside for exciting things like that because, you know, that's like, you know, I have this dream car collection. And, you know, the only way to get the collection is to start with one, right? right. So I got to start chipping away. And I had a 37 Ford is pretty pimped out. And then I sold it because I got bored of it. You know, and so that okay, so then I invested that money. So I'm like, okay, so I can have more money to buy the next one, right? Yeah, yeah. Roll it over, keep yeah. growing. Okay, so that's what I was trying to do. I should have, I should have been on that Rolls Royce. I'm so upset about that. Uh, anyway, it was funny because the two of us were negotiating because him and his wife wanted to purchase a house, and so like we're going back and forth. Like we were totally didn't expect it to be that cheap because that was totally within both of our price ranges. We totally would have been able to uh, to afford that. But we were were both commenting on how we thought it was going to go to like a half a million or more or whatever, To like nothing. It's just the craziest thing. Uh, So that's the thrill seeker, just like, ooh, I got to do it, I got to do it. Now, the retail therapy shopper, this is a person who seeks comfort in their behavior, unaware that it's doing them harm, like the drinker who self-medicates without realizing that they're fast becoming an alcoholic out of control. This type of compulsive shopper views themselves as a patient of sorts. They'll deliberately shop, believing that it improves their mood, it assuages negative emotions, and it improves depression or fills some sort of a void in their life. What they're not realizing is that it's spending isn't retail therapy, but a distraction or a denial from the real problems at hand. And that's the slippery slope because an alcoholic, you know, just says, oh, one more won't hurt, right? Or I'll quit after this one, you know, one more cigarette. What's one more, right? And so the retail therapy shopper is just going there to soothe themselves in that same way. Now, how about this one? I wasn't familiar with this one. The bulimic shopper, okay, um, uh, or at least I've never heard it called this. Shopping bulimics are more in touch with their financial realities of the situation, says Dr. Robbie Ludwig of Today Money. This awareness triggers a lot of guilt, which gets them to return the items so they can convince themselves they've avoided financial consequences for their spending. So they buy it, and then they go back and return it. You know, so yeah, so I, I've just referred to them as the repeat shopper, but I like the bulimic thing because it's like a it's a
0: regurgitating their their
2: their purchase. Yeah, so I think that that's good. The chronic indecisiveness is manifested through a game of buying and returning, buying and returning, usually because the shopper believes the item they buy will make them happy, only to regret their purchase later on. So either they figured it out that it didn't make them happy. Or the more likely culprit is that they fee- feel guilt for making the expenditure to begin with, knowing it's not within their budget. Um, and so the, both of those scenarios are a problem yeah. because you don't want to keep doing it over and over sure. again. If you figure it out, then stop it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so, um, so that's where they get the, um, the repeat shopper syndrome is what I was calling it. So uh, the bargain shopper, this is my mother cuz you know um everything's a bargain if
0: anything's on sale you got to buy it
2: morally obligated yeah you must do it. Bargain shoppers impulsively look to buy items on sale. They don't need these items, but because it's a good deal, according to Terrence Shulman of Shopaholics Anonymous, they're similar to the thrill seeker. They find fulfillment in the hunt for discounted goods. The goods themselves are of little importance. They'll scour bargain bins, thrift stores, and garage sales for anything that they can get for cheap, but in the convincing themselves that they are making frugal decisions, they don't realize that it's actually costing them more money and it's very very wasteful because if there's no ultimate end use for the for the product there wasn't a purpose in purchasing it at any price sale or no sale but you can't convince somebody that that has that like my mother that it's a problem yeah uh the codependent or approval seeking shopper now uh this is buying gifts for others can be a selfless act but when it becomes obsessive it becomes selfish Mm -hmm. or i would say self-centered because i like the word selfish i think so it becomes self-centered compulsive gifters may shower loved ones with gifts of love Out of love or generosity. What the codependent shopper might not realize is that in doing that, it is a desperate and an expensive attempt at gaining love, acceptance, or approval from others through material items. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very manipulative. Uh, researchers from the University of Florida reported that between 2 and 8% of the United States population spends money compulsively. And the average compulsive spender is carrying $23,000 in debt. It is a problem that can signal other problems, exacerbate debt, strain relationships, or worse. Don't feel ashamed to admit that you have a problem. Talk to a friend or family member about it or seek out the professional help from a mental health professional because this is not a financial issue. It's a mental health issue that becomes a financial issue. Many experts recommend 12-step programs or other type of cognitive behavioral therapy for support and healing. So that's it for our Minutes on Your Money. We have so much more in store. We have a fabulous interview. Talk about shopping and discounts. <laughs> We're going to have our government auctions guy from governmentauctions.org, Ian Aronovich, on. We've got moolah word of the day. We've got moneyisms and our keys to riches. Stay tuned for more on Lock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back after this.
3: Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars.
2: I'm Heather Waggenhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com
3: passengers please fasten your seat belts as we are in for some turbulent weather ahead
0: Bill Thomason is the valley's premier business coach bill can help you ride out the turbulence your business may encounter Bill Thomason is the America's premier executive coach and strategist bill can help you create the life you will love living Over more than a quarter century, Bill has helped thousands of people just like you to achieve success beyond what they had imagined. Now is the best time you will ever have to decide what you want and to take powerful action toward achieving the outcomes you desire in your life. Bill has studied the success patterns of the highly successful people and he has provided coaching and training programs to small business people and to top Fortune 500 executives across the U.S. and Canada. Now you can benefit from Bill's experience. If you are like most people, you may just need the professional encouragement a coach can give and a real plan for creating the outcomes you say you want in life. Call Bill now, 602-321-7192 to schedule executive coaching sessions.
3: Thank you for fine NLP Skills Training Institute.
0: Work all day, stress all night.
2: Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today's show is sponsored in part by LifeLock. Comprehensive identity theft protection from LifeLock helps safeguard your finances, credit, and good name. Get your special offer for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash LifeLock and protect your financial future now. And while you're doing that, how about our moolah word of the day from our maestro moolah. What did do with the piece of paper? Oh, here it is. Compulsive buying disorder. It is characterized by an obsession with shopping and buying behavior that causes adverse consequences. According to Kellett and Bolton, compulsive buying is experienced as an irresistible, uncontrollable urge, resulting in excessive, expensive, and time consuming retail activity that is typically prompted by negative affectivity. That's affect with an A. Exactly. It results in gross social, personal, and or financial difficulties. CBD is found in about 6% of the United States population and may be almost as common in males as it is in females.
0: CBD, compulsive buying disorder. Yes.
2: Who knew the guys could have a problem with that? But, you know, I guess I saw a lot of them at the auction. I mean, yeah. It's not a problem. If you can afford it, and it doesn't affect all those other things. Oh, There's I- a difference between shopping yeah. within your means,
0: and if you're rich, that just
2: means you have more means. It doesn't mean you're going crazy. Yeah. You know. I
0: did plenty of it as a kid. I mean, I was I was buying a new guitar every six months. There but, I, but I traded in the old one.
2: See? And you could probably f- had a pretty good way to justify it because it was about honing and refining your craft. Yeah. yeah. You know, because...
0: I probably lost money in every deal, though. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're not going to get you know, you're not going to get as much on the trade,
2: right? But it certainly made it reduced the barrier to entry to oh, the yeah. newer thing.
0: Oh yeah, I you know looking back, I wish I could have you know I'd, I'd have I probably had a few 1950 Les Pauls in my possession <laughs> and, and got rid of them. You know they're probably worth ten grand
2: now. Wow, yeah, that would be cool. Well, perhaps you can visit a government auction and find some more on deep discount, yeah. you know, because I bet some, you know, drug dealers probably collected that sort of <laughs> yeah, stuff. You yeah. could have one from somebody like that was super famous, yeah, yeah. you know, like a real Les Paul with so Les Paul's. That's what
0: those guys get their hands on. They get, they get
2: all kinds of stuff. When you, when you have a drug seizure, cool. you have, I mean, they take everything. They take the property, they take all the contents in it, because it could have been, because you, you could have bought that, you know, piece of memorabilia with drug money. They don't know. So they take it all away yeah, from you. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for playing. (laughs) Uh, Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly to jail. So uh, the results of that would be Ian Ironovich's specialty because uh, he wants to make it easy for consumers like you to find government-seized and surplus merchandise from all over the country. He created an incredible website, governmentauctions.org, and it compiles and provides information about government auctions for all sorts of goods. He began shopping government ar- uh, auctions for the bargains they yielded and the artifacts of the good life, electronics, cars, and jewelry. But instead of leaving with great deals, he came away with a business idea, a website that lists auctions of government seized and surplus items and foreclosures. While government websites usually list their auctions and the internet abounds with foreclosed properties on the auction block, governmentauctions.org is a one-stop repository of information about such events throughout the the country, and he's been doing it for almost a decade now. So let's give a chat, shall we, with Ian Aronovich, and we will find out more. Ian, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We're so excited to talk to you today.
1: Oh, it's so awesome to be. So so awesome to be with you guys.
2: I am I'm thrilled because we've never had anybody talk about making money with government auctions. And you know, I remember when growing up, my girlfriend's dad had bought one of those. Those Mustangs from a police auction, and he actually got a, a, a police car, so the engine was all souped up and everything, and he got to pick what color they painted it, and that's been my only experience with a government auction. Is it just cars, or what other kind of stuff are available at government auctions? No,
1: no, you, no you name it. It's cars, electronics, jewelry, equipment, uh, real estate, I mean, anything under the sun, anything that you can imagine, it's sold at a government auction for several reasons, uh, and that's because um, government auctions come about via uh, a, a couple of ways. Some of them, criminal seizures, or tax seizures, custom seizures, police seizures, um, sheriff seizures, tax seizures, and so on and so forth. But there's also a bunch of a, a bunch of surplus. The federal government. The, the Department of Defense, which is, the, you know, the Army, Navy, all the, all, all the services, all of them circle stuff out, and also you have the federal government, the state government, the local governments. All of those guys have equipment, have cars, have electronics, and um, uh, whatever you can imagine. And they, you know, they, they use it, and then they, you know, eventually they buy new stuff and they sell the old stuff. Uh, sometimes Sometimes it's not even that long. Sometimes it's only two years old.
2: Oh, so
1: wow. so so basically basically anything you can imagine you can find it at a government auction and you know so when you go to those customs auctions those are actually the best because you can find stuff like anything that comes in into a port on a container you can find it at an auction so 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 I mean you know I've seen a yellow submarine up for auction I've seen growing lights up for auction and you know iPods iPads you know the the, the general stuff cars electronics jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 you know, virtually, virtually anything.
2: So it's, so it's, it's seized for whatever reason when it comes in then, and that's what makes them so attractive or, I mean. Uh, well, well,
1: yeah, with the custom seizures, what happens is, you know, either they don't declare the merchandise properly or it doesn't meet, for instance, ETA regulations or, or um, they just don't claim it. Or they don't have enough money to, you know, while, while it's getting inspected to pay for the storage. Whatever the reason is, uh, they sell it, and they generally sell it. Um, they generally sell it in in, 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 a, in a warehouse of a big federal contractor. Um, and, uh, you know... Anything, really, anything you can imagine. And, you know, sometimes things come in on pallets. Sometimes things come in in boxes. And sometimes you get individual items and they break them up. Like, there are certain customs auctions, which are really, they just basically sell odd lots. And some of them are even sight unseen. Like, you can buy something using a manifest, meaning to say you don't even see what's for auction, but you know that the container contains, I don't know, 10,000 pieces of T-shirts or something like that.
2: Okay. So what I mean, is the advantage of buying at an auction?
1: The advantage of buying at an auction is because you can buy virtually anything that you want. Um, an auction, especially when a, it's a live auction, it's a very inefficient marketplace. Why? Because the people in the room are really the only people. Yes, you can have write-in bids and you can have, you know, televised bids and internet bids and so on and so forth. But, what, when you know, if you're going to a live auction and on a, on a large level also an internet auction, you know, if you're going to be buying something that not a lot of people are interested in in that room or virtually no one's interested in, you can really get it for pennies on the dollar. And then also stuff that, you know, even is popular, at some point, people are going to drop off in bidding and they're going to say, wait a second, if I can buy an iPod in the store for, I don't know, $600, you know, at the auction, I expect to get it for 300 400 right? So they're going to drop off in their bidding. And even for that really popular stuff, a lot of times you can, you know, get deals. I, I'm going to say a lot of times, but not always because, you know, later on, on. Hopefully, we'll talk about it. But there's also also things to watch out about.
2: Okay, all right. So so it's, it's worth my time. Then you know, uh, you see. Um, all of these new shows like Storage Wars and, and, yeah. and, and these pawn shop shows, and, and yeah. you see all these different, um, you know, the the archaeology guys. What are those? The pickers, you know, going around right, and doing right. stuff. So has all of these television shows started to affect auctions and values in that respect? I mean, are, are we still able to get deals, or, or are they kind of mixed up because everybody's trying to go to them now?
1: Um, I would say 10, 20 years ago uh, it was probably a lot less people who knew about these auctions but right now right now a lot of people know about them, and there's certainly more participants. But at the same time, it's not such an efficient marketplace. Again, it's not an eBay auction. If you try to sell something on eBay, for instance, um, you know you're going to get pretty much market price because there's so many buyers and there's so many sellers over there. But again, anytime there's an auction, and it's not it's not the whole world sort of the whole world really buying and selling stuff. Yes, it's a little more competitive now. Yes, it was probably a little bit easier ten years ago to get deals, but you still can get a lot of deals because there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a huge number of reasons why you would be able to get a deal today, and I'll just give you a couple of them. For example, if you are... Prepared for the auction, and you've done your research, and you know what you're going to buy, and you know that, you know, let's say a particular item is going to take a warehouse to store and a big truck to transport, and it's going to take a certain down payment at the auction, and uh, a bunch of money uh, 20 days or 30 days later, you're going to prepare those things, and, you know, not everybody in the room is going to be able to get a warehouse, to get a truck, to have the down payment, to have the money in 30 days. So you're going to have an advantage over those people. And even even with the added competition, you still can get a lot of deals as long as you prepare and as long as you know what you're bidding on.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you're you're stimulating a whole bunch more questions, and um, and and you've got my my gears turning. So you mentioned about a process. And you also mentioned things to stay away from. And so we're coming close to our break. So when we get back after the break, I'd like to talk about how can you plan and strategize for success using auctions to make money? You are listening to Ian Aronovich on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we'll be right back with more after this.
3: Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com.
0: Welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Update. Here's Heather Wagonhalls.
2: Today's Moneyism is about justifying poverty. The last lines of William Henry Davies' poem about money reads, When I had money, money, oh, my many friends proved all untrue, but now I have no money, oh, my friends are real, though very few. This is a horrible misnomer about friends and money and sets us up to be mistrustful of others and to justify not pursuing wealth because people are going to come around you only because of or to borrow your money. That's ludicrous. Regardless of social or financial position, you are going to have charlatans and people of dubious backgrounds. Income level is irrelevant. If you are surrounded by people you don't care for when forging bonds of friendship, ask yourself, what am I doing or saying to attract those around me? And what can I change to get more of what I desire? For more great resources to help you create unlimited wealth and happiness, visit our website at crackingyourmoneycode.com. I'm Heather Wagonhals. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. I'm Heather Wagonhals. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt like a slave? Then tune in to my one minute update on the Jiggy Jaguar radio network for your cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com.
3: Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts as we are in for some turbulent weather ahead.
0: Bill Thomason is the Valley's premier business coach. Bill can help you ride out the turbulence your business may encounter. Bill Thomason is the America's premier executive coach and strategist. Bill can help you create the life you will love living. Over more than a quarter century, Bill has helped thousands of people just like you to achieve success beyond what they had imagined. Now is the best time you will ever have to decide what you want and to take powerful action toward achieving the outcomes you desire in your life. Bill has studied the success patterns of the highly successful people and he has provided coaching and training programs to small business people and to top Fortune 500 executives across the U.S. and Canada. Now you can benefit from Bill's experience. If you are like most people, you may just need the professional encouragement a coach can give and a real plan for creating the outcomes you say you want in life. Call Bill now, 602-321-7192 to schedule executive coaching sessions.
3: Thank you for flying NLP Skills Training Institute. Welcome
2: back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls, and I am joined by government auction specialist, Ian Aronovich. And Ian, before the break, we were talking about all of the different things that we can buy at auctions, and that auctions, while the markets uh, are, there's a bigger awareness because of TV shows and stuff. With the amount of auctions that are out there, you can still get good deals. So let's talk strategy for a minute. So how do I go about um, working my first auction? So uh, so I've, I've got an idea in mind that, that I want to be able to buy something at auction. So what's my strategy?
1: first thing to do is is you have to know in advance the exact rules for the auction and be prepared to follow them and you know this will include what type of auction it is what type of bids are to be made what forms of payment are acceptable what are the procedures for removal of the merchandise at the end of the auction and kind of you know you know when do you have to make payment if it's a if it's a big payment second thing is you always want to bring two forms of ID Uh, at least one picture ID and for some of these auctions especially when you bid on IRS stuff you're going to need to give your social security number and if the payment method required for instance is a a cashier's check you know you want to bring a lot of these in in a lot of denominations so that you can pay for items easily and if some of them go unused you can redeposit them back into your account now if this is really your first auction you really don't want to bid on it you want to use your first several auctions as a learning experience and in other words you know get a feel for the auctions, uh, and observe, and plan your strategy for the future. Because you know you're going to know if you start going to one type of an auction, you're going to know how how the bids are being made. You're going to know how quickly how quickly everything moves, and uh, you're going to know kind of who the players are. Because there are some people who attend auctions religiously, mm-hmm. um, and um, if you decide that you're going to start bidding at an auction what you want to do is you want to keep your hands to yourself and that means don't raise your hands or your bidder number unless you specifically my want to make nose a bid my
2: always itches at an auction
1: you never want to itch it. You want to bend down to itch your nose because you know the, the auction moves so fast and the auctioneer. It always you, does that. Yeah, if the auctioneer may interpret like you're trying to itch your nose, especially if you put your hand a little higher than your head as a bid, and you don't want to get stuck with a bid that you never intended to make. I know. And, you it was know, a hideous it painting. It was yeah. a charity,
2: and it was a hideous painting, and I and I don't know why it always happens. I'm like, oh my god, I just need to walk out of the room when it starts.
1: <laughs> Oh man. Well yeah, you have to be very careful. So you know, keep your keep keep, keep your bidding number on your lap. Okay. Um, another thing is very, very important is you have to come up with a bidding plan and stick to it. Well this means prior to the auction you should decide exactly what items you'll be bidding on. You gotta research their value set with the maximum amount of money you're willing to bid on each item, because, you know, as I said, the live auction is a very fast-paced environment, and so is an online auction, for that matter. And it's very easy to get caught up in, and I've talked in plenty of this on, on previous uh, shows, I used to be on the eBay radio, um, as auction fever. So when oh, auction, yeah. fever hits, <laughs> auction fever hits, don't 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 catch it. You may see it in the audience. You may see it going around. Don't bid on items that you didn't plan to bid on. Don't ever, ever, ever go above what you have said as your bid. Even if you think it's still a good deal, if you set the bid previous to the auction, you are different. You're a different person at the auction.
2: Okay. And if you
1: follow these guidelines, you're, you're much more likely to be successful. But here, let me give you quickly also some good bidding strategies. Okay? Okay. Perfect. When you're when you're bidding on items, again, I'm, I'm going to say it over again, but it's it's important to, to to get this ingrained. Is we set a limit and stick to it. This means you accurately assess the value of everything that you're bidding on. Decide what the maximum price is going to be before the auction and stick to it. Um, also, don't let the auctioneer do the bidding for you. I don't know, you've been to these auctions, so you probably know a lot of times the auctioneer will ask for specific bids in the beginning, like, can I have 300 Do I hear 1500 You know, and everything moves so fast, but don't feel compelled to give into the suggested bid by the auctioneer. And if you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, for instance, bidding what the auctioneer has thrown out as the first, second, and third bid, just bid whatever you want. So if the auctioneer says, can I have 300 You can raise your hand and say, 50 bucks.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah, so you can kind of like set the pace.
1: Yeah, and you can set the pace because the auctioneer's interest is to set the pace on a much faster level because they're going to get a commission based on what the final bid is going to be or what the what the what the, what the winning bid is going to be. Oh,
2: so they're uh, not just paid to stand up there and go "humana humana humana $50, humana humana, humana it's going to get a 75, humana humana"
1: Right, right, but yeah, yeah, that's, he's going to try to move or she's going to try to move the auction much more fast, but if you don't think the value of the item is such that, that you know, the, the, you know that it's 300 bucks or $1,200, bid whatever you want, but make sure you scream loud and clear what the number is.
2: Okay. Also...
1: Also, you know, when you go to an auction, auction is a long. It's a long process. It's a long day. Uh, it starts usually eight nine in the morning and ends usually five six in the in the evening. So what you want to do is first of all you want to you want to come you want to come in the beginning and you want to leave all the way at the end. And you should try to pick some some items to bid on that are at the beginning or the end of the auction and for various reasons, these have lower bids, uh, but mainly because, you know, bidders come late and leave early, so you have less competition. And and also, by the end, many have exhausted their funds by the end. So, so there's another... Uh, well, I think again, they also
2: w- strategize, too, and I think they put the cheap stuff in the morning when your willpower is high, but then they have the expensive stuff, like, because I do car auctions, and at the end, it, it's your willpower is worn down by the end of the day, maybe you've had a beer or two, and then and and then auction fever hits and you just have to have that car because you know it brings back memories of when you were in high school driving around in a 1979 uh, Pontiac Trans Am and you're just like oh but I want to relive high school and so you get carried away with the fever well well,
1: yeah but Try. You should still try to bid in the end of the auction because a lot of people will leave and a lot of people will exhaust their money. I mean, over and over again, yes, they try to do that hundred percent. But you know, take them on their challenge. If you think you're going to be able to get a deal and you set your maximum bid uh, at the end of the auction, you probably have a better chance of getting a deal on it than in the middle of the auction when you have the most amount of people there and they haven't exhausted their money yet.
2: Okay, so so maybe you just need to go take a nap somewhere so you're fresh.
1: Right. <laughs> Right, right. For you exactly. for
2: your when your item comes up. Okay. There's a good that's right. a good strategy.
1: Okay. And the last one is, is, is you know bidding against professionals. A lot of times you may or may not be a professional, but if you see you'll see other professionals, used car dealers, um used 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 car dealers, used anything dealers, jewelry dealers, they'll obviously have done their legwork, and sometimes you can use their expertise to your advantage. So a car dealer obviously knows the value of the car that he or she is bidding on, and often he'll drop out of the bidding at a certain point because the price has gone too high in his or her estimation. Well, what you need to realize is that the dealer typically uh, sets a a maximum bid by discounting from it the profit that he wishes to make on the resale. And so when when he or she stops bidding, you can offer just a small amount more and if you're the top bidder at that time, you may walk away with a bargain. But it's imperative, even when you use this strategy, that you still never go above your own maximum bid.
2: Right. And so, but so if they back out, that might be a good indication that maybe you that maybe only one more bid or so. Be a, yeah,
1: know, be yeah, reasonable? yeah. If they back out, because you know, when they're when they're in this professionally, they're not trying to buy it for themselves. They, you know, they the, 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 they have to get it for a cheaper price than you do. But it doesn't mean that if you get it for one more bit over or another, you know, fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, that you're not also going to get a deal. Right. Uh, so, 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 you know, watch watch for when they drop out of the bidding. At the same time, you know, if you said that you're not going to pay more than five thousand dollars for this car, don't bid more than five thousand dollars.
2: Right. So okay. Yeah, so you, you but you just got to keep your emotions in check because the, the professional buyer is he's he's buying for business, so he's not emotionally right. engaged in it because it's right, not like exactly. cause he's not going to go tool around in it and look good in it or whatever wear it whatever uh, the item might
1: be. Absolutely, and it may have a little bit more of a value for you because you know you want to cruise around on that car on the street or you won't, you know maybe a car that you're collecting. So for you it may have a different value than for him because mm-hmm. he's just going to resell it. You know,
2: right. Okay, so what are some of the things? So since you know that's kind of a cautionary tale, like yeah, you can, but you know you can get a, a still get a good deal by watching those guys. What are some things that maybe we should be avoiding when it comes to um, auctions?
1: Okay, so the things that you should be avoiding when it comes to auctions, very important, is, you know, a lot of auctions try to pass off themselves as government auctions, and a lot of times they're not really government auctions. They'll just say, you know, some kind of a federal auction or this and that, but in reality it's just a private company selling private things. So first of all, the first thing you can do is well, when you're dealing with cars, for instance, is you can ask the auctioneer or some of the people in the auction what kind of title you're going to get. Like, if it's a federal auction, you're going to get. If it's a, if it's a Treasury auction, you're going to get a you know, U.S. government title. You know, if it's a state auction, that government's going to give you title. But if, you know, it's, if, if the title is going to come from XYZ Corp., you, you know that's not a real government auction. At the same time, you also want to watch out, and this generally won't happen at a legitimate government auction, but again, this is a clue that you probably you're not at a government auction, is when you are watching an item and the, no one's bidding on an item, or maybe one or two people on the bids are kind of low, and no, all of a sudden, after a while, the bidding gets very, very ferocious. Then then you probably, you probably are in a scenario where there's a shill in the audience and there's a shill or two bidding against each other to raise the price and you want to stay away from that. So if you see consistent bidding on an item, that's totally fine. But if you see no bidding or low bidding and then all of a sudden they jump like crazy and go like crazy, you definitely want to stay away.
0: Okay, that's
2: great advice. Now let's talk a little bit about what you offer on your website because you aggregate all the legitimate government auctions, correct? Correct. All right. So tell us what people can find on your website.
1: Okay. So on our website, we, as I as I told you, uh, uh, I, I guess uh, as I told you before in the intermission, we aggregate information about government auctions and foreclosures all over the United States, and. There's several ways of searching our website. So number one is you can go, we have a tab for auctions. You can punch in your zip code or you can click on your state, and you can see what the auctions are that are coming up in your area, whether they're online auctions or live auctions. Um, you can also, if you're looking specifically for cars, you can click on the autos tab and you can, again, you can search and see what kind of, uh, what, what I mean, what cars are for, for, for sale in your particular zip code. And then if you're searching for other more specific items, for instance, if you're searching for a gold ring or you're searching for a FEMA trailer or, or whatever else, mm-hmm. you can go to our items tab and that's going to let you actually keyword search for items that are being sold at government auctions. Uh, and the way our site works is we give you a three-day free trial and then if you like the service, and most people do, you can keep it for 19.95 a month. And if you don't like it, just cancel and there's... It's easy to cancel. You can cancel online. You can call us or you can email us to cancel also. Uh, You don't get charged at all.
2: Yeah, and it seems like for less than a dollar a day, you can create an incredible income stream using government auctions to acquire your inventory.
1: Yeah, and and, and the cool thing about acquiring your inventory at government auctions is is, – You know, let's say you're selling on eBay and you decide you want to sell brand-name popular stuff, cell phones or whatever else, and you contact the supplier or distributor and you start buying. Well, you know, are you really going to get a substantially better price than the next guy? You know, and unless you buy, like, refurbished equipment um, uh, and, uh, um, you know... Because when you're buying from a supplier, you almost always are not buying substantially substantially better than someone else. Um, and you can o- almost always find someone that's willing to make less profit to beat you at a sale. Uh, but, and you're saying, when you're selling non-brand stuff, for instance, you know, when you're buying, you know, uh, a pocketbook for, when you're buying a pocketbook for two fifty from a supplier that doesn't have a brand name, well, you know, who's looking for that pocketbook? No one, it's not really in demand. No one's going to really, no one is going to re- really search for it on eBay or anywhere else. But at a government auction, you can pick up C's and even surplus property that's brand name, sometimes, as I told you previously, for pennies on the dollar, and often sell it for substantially less than the competition. But again, to do this time and time and again you have to be willing Mm -hmm. not to specialize if you try to specialize you know you're going to spend time at every auction and you're not always going to be able to get a deal on the type of stuff that you buy if it's for instance watches or if it's you know cell phones or for instance, cars but you know but but, but if you're willing to say okay you know on this auction these are the possible deals on that auction these are the possible deals and you say you know these are the five items that I'm going to bid on and I've done the cost research on them, I've done, I'm sorry, I've done the value research on them, and this is as much as I'm going to bid, and you bid on each one of them, and if you end up winning only one or two of them, still good, because, you know, you've got them at a substantial discount, and now you can resell them also at a discount on eBay or another medium, and still make money, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, there are some things you can get, as I said, if there's not a lot of business, and for pennies on the dollar, and you can make ridiculous profit on it, selling it even even at half the value.
2: Well, this has been an amazing wealth of information. And thank you so much for being a part of our show today. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear, unlockyourwealthradio.com is here where you can visit Ian's show page and get all the linky links to his website and tools and tips for investing in auctions. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio and we'll be right back with the Keys to Riches coming up next.
3: Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become.
2: Heather agonalls here from CrackingYourMoneyCode.com. Tune in to my Unlock Your Wealth update for your daily cup of money motivation. Weekdays at 1225 during the midday news report on Corey's Hometown Radio, 1370 a.m. WWCB.
3: Attention, passengers. Please fasten your seatbelts as we are in for some turbulent weather ahead.
0: Bill Thomason is the Valley's premier business coach. Bill can help you ride out the turbulence your business may encounter. Bill Thomason is the America's premier executive coach and strategist. Bill can help you create the life you will love living. Over more than a quarter century, Bill has helped thousands of people just like you to achieve success beyond what they had imagined. Now is the best time you will ever have to decide what you want and to take powerful action toward achieving the outcomes you desire in your life. Bill has studied the success patterns of the highly successful people, and he has provided coaching and training programs to small business people and to top Fortune 500 executives across the U.S. and Canada. Now you can benefit from Bill's experience. If you are like most people, you may just need the professional encouragement a coach can give and a real plan for creating the outcomes you say you want in life. Call Bill now, 602-321-7192 to schedule executive coaching
3: sessions. Thank you for flying NLP Skills Training Institute.
0: Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life.
2: Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, Huddled Wagon Halls, your purveyor of prosperity. And uh, flanking me to my right, I have the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. How you
0: doing, folks?
2: And we're going to have a chat with you about today's moneyism and how it plays into money dramas like peer groups okay and peer group selection and poverty seem to have a correlation and i can't remember who said the quote but they say that you are the sum total of the five people you surround yourself with who said that was that a dale carnegie thing i've never heard that oh you haven't no
0: that's good
2: you are the sum total of the five people you hang out with so if you're not happy where you are in life you need to take a look at why you're hanging out with these people and we want to think about it not in terms of a manipulative focus about what are these people doing for me, but what value do they bring to the table? Are they enriching your life? And I'm not saying with money, I'm saying, does their friendship make you happy or does it drag you down? Yeah. You know, like there's that person that you're like, you see them on the caller ID and you're like, oh my God, go to voicemail. I can't, you know. Yeah. I can't talk to them right now. And then you go buy the Slide Dial app and call them back and slip into their voicemail. So yeah, yeah. you'd be like, "Hey, I just missed your call. I must have called you back too fast." Well, yeah. anyway, <laughs> so great to hear you. Love to catch up. Mm.
0: I, pe- I tend to text back. So sorry, I missed your call. Yeah.
2: yeah, there you go. The cop out. Yeah. Okay, but, but not everybody has the intestinal fortitude to do that, or they have some of these self-defeating behaviors because of pro- mo- programming from money isms like justifying poverty. Yeah. So in this poem, he says to us that, uh, but now I have no money and my friends are real, though very few. So If you only need a few friends, like if that's the assumption, you only need a few quality friends, why can't you have a few quality rich friends? Why is the assumption that the only way to have real friends is to be poor?
0: I mean, this is a really good subject to talk about.
2: Well, well, I mean, so answer the question to me. Why do you have to be poor in order to count your friendship as quality?
0: Well, it's, it's, it's just one of, you know, I'm not poor and I'm not wealthy, so maybe I'm a good person to talk about this. It's, you know, when were you poor? When and, I was a kid. And I
2: think you're wealthy, but. Yeah. Because you have, you have everything. You have money in the bank, you have a great career, and you have a woman you love. Yeah.
0: So the, in that respect, I am wealthy, but I don't have... You know, I don't have ten million dollars in that.
2: Well, but what is your definition of wealth? This is true. I think this is your definition of wealth. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're there. Yeah. If I was to, as an outsider looking in, I
0: appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, when I was poor, you know, as a struggling musician, um, you know, I I did. I there were. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, You know,
2: the people that you surrounded yourself most with.
0: Well, like I hung around some skanky people back then.
2: Right. You know. Are you hanging around them now? Absolutely not. And are you in a different place now? Sure. So one could effectively say that peer group influences your success. Sure. And your wealth.
0: Oh, yeah. You, you definitely... People, places, and things. I mean, it's pretty important. Right. In success.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, And if you think about it, in, in terms of the definition of success, so what you have now... Wherever you are, your whatever stage you're in, is a direct result of your efforts. Yeah. So if you have things in your life that you don't want, and you want something different, you're gonna have to do something different. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's the definition of insanity. Yeah. You know. So, uh, but but I think that this moneyism of saying you know well your real friends are there for you when you're poor. Yeah, perhaps they are uh, but that doesn't mean that your rich friends wouldn't be there for you either
0: yeah oh totally
2: you know and I, and I think that we get we get this thing and and uh there's a difference i have been around all sorts of people i grew up impoverished and i said that i would never be there again yeah And then I found myself there a few times, you know, bouncing, you know, getting divorced. I was like, oh my gosh, I I went from having it all to being in the poor house and sleeping on the floor, starting all over. But I had the experience to know what not to do and to do something different. And by doing something different, I shortcut my time to success to get back where I wanted to be. Uh, But one of the things that I have noticed, and before I had significant accumulation of money because I think money and wealth are different because I've always felt very wealthy Mm -hmm. um, because I've always felt very loved by my friends Mm -hmm. and my friends never cared whether or not I had money. And half of them didn't even know because like when I wrote the society column and I was sleeping on the floor, it's because I got, I I gave my ex-husband everything. So, so I had nothing, but nobody treated me any different. You know um, we still had the same fun. We still did the same things. You know, it was like no nobody probably even knew how bad it was. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and it's because I didn't focus on it either. I mean, what you focus on, you find. So if I'm focusing on the crap in my life, I'm going to get more crap. And every time I turn around, I'm going to find more crap. It's just going to be how it is. But if I'm focused on the good things in my life... Even if there's just a few of them, I'm going to tend to focus on every good thing that happens. And I'm going to discount the bad things that happen. And and one of the things that I found is the further up the food chain you get, and this is one of the myths that I am working so hard to dispel. And this is kind of maybe where a little bit of politics bleeds in. But if you have ever met someone who has billions with a B in front of it, and yeah. sometimes it's a capital B, not yeah. a little B, a big B. Yeah. Those people are totally different. They're different than millionaires and they're certainly different than people who are impoverished, but you would never know... Unless you knew who the billionaire was, if you just met this person on the street, most of them are very unassuming. Mm-hmm. They don't carry an air of wealth or sophistication or class stature that they're better than you. Yeah. You just find yourself attracted to them because of their enthusiasm. Right. Like there's just you know this universal vibration that like they're radiating good and, I mean, and you're like yeah. – you know how there's those people that like you like always want to be around because they're always funny yeah. or they're having a good time and they just when you walk away you feel better. Yeah, like that's what they are like. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there are. I mean there there are bad seeds in every bag or what is it a bad apple in every barrel or sure. whatever the saying is. So so granted there there could be nasty ones and and when I think politics I think of some of them you know that. Under the auspices of doing good for the people that are what they consider the underclass or the, or, or, or the working class, they're actually working to hurt them because what they're trying to institute for the poor isn't what made them rich to begin with. Right. And that's what confuses the heck yeah, out of me. It's that like, is I, have to, I worked hard and I used these principles to become successful, and now I'm super successful. I'm thinking George Soros, but <laughs> then all of a sudden I want to change the rules. And I want to tax, you know, and this is becoming a political discussion, but he has these crazy ideas about taxing the middle class to support the poor when what made him successful and what made him be able to break out of poverty was an opposite system, yeah. one that rewarded effort, not punished it. Right. You know, so... um So coming back to the financial side, when you surround yourself with people that are better than you, and I'm not talking about having more money, but have a better mindset than you have better ambition than you and have this infectious desire to do good in the world, then you will want to rise to that occasion. They will make you better by doing that. And if you stay with the people that are miserable and sick and broke They're going to pull you down. It was statistically proven in the book, Good to Great. If you haven't read that book, they talk about what happens with great companies when they make mergers or acquisitions with good companies. The good company doesn't rise. The great company sinks. And so if, you're, if your internal five or your immediate five, if your circle of five around you are those people that pull you down and you have more than one pulling you down than you have others pulling you up, likely you're coming down. But if you, if you are the only person that's at the bottom and you have four people pulling you up, where are you going to go? Yeah. Up if you take their hand. Yeah. and follow them along. So who wouldn't want to make new friends and get new acquaintances? It makes me think of the, and we're running out of time for our key, but where it makes me think of Don uh, Miguel Ruiz and his son, Don Jose Ruiz, who wrote The Fifth Agreement from the Four Agreements author. Uh-huh. And that's be skeptical, but listen. So we want to stay open to the opportunity and, and be focused on that. So uh, that's it for this week's um uh, money drama. Our key this week is to is take emotion out of the picture. But because I rambled on, you're going to have to tune in at the website if you want to be able to hear that key in its entirety. So for this week's key, our key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And for more in depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt, and have more money and happiness, do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio and the maestro of Moolah Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagenhall's Now go out and unlock your wealth today.
0: UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagenhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation unlockyourwealthradio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches financial wellness series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.